Hey, real quick, Eric from Tap.az, go to patreon.com forward slash Tap.az, join the Patreon team, and you get to binge listen to all seven episodes of this Cicerone series. Also, free shirts, swag bags, stickers, cool stuff, early access to episodes, go check it out, patreon.com forward slash Tap.az, make sure you guys check out Ankle Do. these guys are awesome, buy their coffee, it's awesome, you're awesome, bye. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sissified miniseries, where we are going through the Cicerone Certified Beer Server Program. And today we are in the last section, pairing beer with food, and it's actually one of the least emphasized sections in, in the whole program. So uh, this, the Cicerone program really focuses on styles and serving and a little bit about food. So you need to know that it goes together, but we all know that everyone likes beer and food together. I mean, it's just natural. And so we wanted to take a little extra time and expand on that. So we reached out to uh, Tamara, one of the beer community's favorite chefs, and asked if she would expound a little bit on uh, how to pair beer with food. So we hope you enjoy. Higher world, and I didn't know that. It's bourbon? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So I I had no idea. So I would prefer... (laughs) Like a neat glass of bourbon over any cocktail. I love beer too, <laughs> so maybe some bourbon and some beer. Yeah. But um, it's I'm learning a lot of new things, and it's interesting because I come from a world of beer. There's yeah. a lot I don't know about spirits, and before I never really paid mind to it because I thought of I used to work in a this little bar, <laughs> and you drank booze to get drunk. You didn't drink them to taste it. Sure. Right. Yeah. So now I'm learning how to taste and how to use my palate to do different things. And it's really interesting. It's kind of like a new avenue I didn't know existed. So it's leveling up a little bit from where I was. I would not expect anything else than for Tamara Stanger to like a bottle of whiskey neat. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we already started. That was was the intro. That was the intro. I'm like, I got to hit record for this. Yes. So put my headphones on. (laughs) I think I'm ready to go now. Are you ready? (laughs) Ready to rock? Really excited about this episode, Tamara. Just want to tell you that we all are. Thank you so much for coming out and doing this with us. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I, I should preface it with this. So you, you, this is going to be part of our um, certified beer server through Cicerone. Um, pairing food and beer is a small part of the test, but it's a huge part of what we all love. And you are a rock star. So well, we want to learn all that so you know. I just, just a, I'm going to say this right now. I am not a certified beer server. But I have an organic knowledge in how to pair things. There and you it's go. very, very important for me because you could either make a better experience or completely destroy experience depending on the beer pairing. For instance, if you go into a place and you get an improper par- pairing, it might ruin the food, it might ruin the beer. You won't even know why you dislike the beer or the food, but it's because it's a bad pairing. So uh. um, it's something that servers really need to know how to make better suggestions. Reasons why. There's so many styles of beer, so there's so many different combinations you can make, but that requires a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of science, and definitely tasting through everything, because no beer, you can't take two lagers and call them the same and pair them the same way. It just Ah, doesn't work that way. That's very true. There's different flavor profiles, different terroir, there's like different things going on. You have to actually understand all the structure in that beer before you can Of each it. individual beer, not just here's a lager, like a right. Munich lager. I mean, you can use universal knowledge when it comes to a lager, and you can pair something, but you really, really should know that that specific one. 
Gotcha. Well, let's meet our. We we have a couple other uh, co-hosts here, guests, lurkers, right? Yeah, lurker. That, that's actually <laughs> probably the most consistently accurate way to describe me. Yeah, uh, this lurker is, one. Yeah, yeah, lurker number one. AJ from Inkledo back again. Um, as we pre- continue to prepare for our certified beer server uh, test, got Brandon hiding off of the mic, recording me right now, which is always fun. <laughs> lurker, another off the lurker. Mic? There yeah. we go. <laughs> and this gentleman over here. My name is Luke. I have been helping out with the podcast, taking pictures, and you know, helping with Eric's website and drinking all the free beer I can get my hands on. <laughs> yes, it's a great gig if you can source. get it. Yes, Luke from uh, Mix Mercury Media. Yes, yes, does fantastic work. So. If you guys need a badass, come see me and I'll go get Luke. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tamara, we're going to talk about pairing beer with food. And this is something you're really passionate about. And just you're just what I love about what everything that you do is it's more it's not um, it's not just, hey, remember this information. It's, hey, understand this, like understand, understand like yourself as well. Right. Because each person's different. But understand right. the essence behind everything. Well, if you are in the hospitality business, you need to know how to serve people properly. It's your it's the top thing yeah. you have to know. And that comes down to proper pairings, describing it, putting people in a place in a context where, I mean, you just don't want to feed people and get them drunk. You want them to remember that experience and create a memory from that that they can revisit. It's really important to me. So Yeah. Do you think that everybody shares that sentiment throughout the industries? Well, obviously not. It <laughs> <but laughs> doesn't matter, though. That it you're, would you're make t- everything so much better. Yeah, it would. But. It would, yes. Uh, but, but that's been a, a focus of yours from day one. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Just give them the full spectrum. Don't just stop at, hey, here's some good food. Hey, here's some good beer. Like, what do you really want? create an experience. Yeah. I mean, people are there for experience. There's a reason why they're not cooking at home and just buying a six-pack of beer, which is probably way cheaper. Yeah. They're going out for an experience and having, I mean, going somewhere where you have a terrible server that doesn't know how to show you something, you're going to leave that place really unhappy. Probably hating the food, probably hating the beer and not understanding why. It's just a bad pairing. Yeah. So where does it start? Like, what is the what is the baseline of of pairing food and beer? Okay, well, there are the main reasons why you pair, and that's to complement or to contrast. Okay. So usually people will complement. You take flavors that are a lot alike, and you put them together to create an experience of something that's really enjoyable. If you're contrasting flavors, you would take two really, really bold flavors, and together they would accentuate each other. Um, there's also a couple other reasons why I pair. A big one for me is marrying flavors. So you take two different flavors, you put them together, and you create something that either never existed before or reminds somebody of a different flavor that they've had before. For instance, like a raspberry sour with chocolate. It's going to taste like a dessert Mm. that maybe somebody had at one point. So it's fun to marry drinks. Also, um, cleaning the palate. You go some places like... It's an obvious pairing is something really greasy with a pale ale because it cleans your palate and makes it more enjoyable. So in between every bite, you're drinking this beer and it's just cleaning your palate and you can power through it without feeling uncomfortable, without not enjoying it. It's a really good experience. So those are the reasons why I pair. Okay. With, with what you make, with the yes, food that you make. With the food that Personally I and professionally. I guess I should introduce myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that people understand. <laughs> yeah. That oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That this isn't necessarily <laughs> the beer side. I'm a chef. So I'm the executive chef of Cotton and Copper in Tempe. We're on Rural and Warner. And so we are a craft cocktail bar, but we also have a 
excellent beer program. Um, Tiffany Fowler, she runs our beer program. She's very knowledgeable in the beer fields. We work with a lot of local places. Um, local is important to us, but also having the best beer possible. And so we bring in the best stuff, and our servers know how to pair that with the food. So I, I do really nerdy stuff and put out specials every week, and then I educate my staff on how to pair it so I don't have customers out there not enjoying their experience. How do you educate them? Like, what do you, what do you tell them? I grab them by the back of their shirt, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> this is what you need. Well, I'll describe it to them. I'll have them taste the food. I'll describe it to them. A lot of them are mixologists, and they understand flavor profiles and the science behind it to begin with so adding that element also when you're eating dinner you don't want a cocktail you want a cocktail before dinner and then when you're eating dinner it's beer and wine like yeah. it's just something that's more palatable it's easier to experience and then afterwards you know you have something else a digestive or something or maybe another cocktail but there's a way to really create an experience and knowing how to pair beers in the, the middle of it is a big part so so, so what are some of the um Sorry if I keep jumping on you guys, Go but for I'm it. like it. <laughs> I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, no that, that's ideal. That's why we you're want here. you to talk a lot. Yes. Uh, so, what what are some of the, the examples of like the pairings you guys have done recently? Oh man, so I've been doing a lot of oysters, and there's a lot of ways to pair that. Like, um, if you take like dry stouts, sometimes that accentuates the saltiness and the sweetness in the oysters. Um, I also, if you make a a sauce to go on it that's really spicy. Use peppers. You can pair IPA because that brings out the right flavors. But it all it depends on what you use. Okay. So there's a lot of reasons why you pair, and it's not not necessarily the maiden. Sorry, I wasn't talking into the microphone. Luke is making some adjustments. Nice work, buddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I find it fun to pair. So usually I go for the main flavor component in a dish. Okay. So either I'm going to pair to a specific spirit or beer that we have, or I'm going to take the food and find a pairing for that. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it's not something that just happens. So sometimes I know like we're we're going to have a crazy sherry coming in, and I want to pair something with that. So I'm going to create a flavor profile that really accentuates it, and usually I'll complement it when it comes okay. to that. Yeah. Or I create a crazy dish and. I want to pair no, it with something, and then it's I fun. Then it's fun to marry because that means I get to drink through like five or six different things until I find the craziest flavor profile yeah. that comes together. So the craziest one for me, I think my favorite flavor pairing of all time is it was a porter, a dry porter, and a cinnamon apple, oh, and it created this new flavor. It's probably the best flavor that I've tasted. And it's hard to describe at this point because it was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> something you wouldn't expect you would think that yeah. doesn't pair right and most people would be like okay you have the spiciness from the cinnamon you want to pair it with something with more hops yeah or something that's cleaner has more carbonation in it instead of something that is a little bit heavy and a little higher in alcohol but it just worked so sometimes you just have to play around until you get it yeah go the mad scientist route and yes. just keep playing with things until that's you find my, the one that's worked that's it my works. favorite part of it, absolutely. Just being crazy off yeah. the wall. <laughs> yeah. Luke experiment. Luke is, I love what Luke, I'll sit, talk, we'll talk about a beer. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I had the like, perfect cheese with it the other night, and we did some like salami, right? Luke, you're always pairing. Yeah, well, my yeah. first experience with, uh, the first time I paired a beer with some food and kind of blew my own mind was, I was at Craft 64, and they have some of the best tiramisu I've had before. And I got great. one of the uh, Petal House Stout and paired that with the tiramisu. And the bitterness of the stout cut through a lot of the sweetness of the tiramisu. 
but the roasty flavors of both the tiramisu with the espresso and uh, you know the stout with those similar flavors they just fit together absolutely perfectly and you know the more I've learned about beer I've come to know things like the the malting process and the kilning process of um, the malt that goes into beer is it creates similar flavor effects and color effects of the things that give coffee the characteristics that it has and uh, so for me whenever I'm trying to pair something not being you know a renowned chef or anything along those lines I go for balance I feel like that's the easiest thing because if you're eating something spicy that's big and bold as far as a food is and then you know maybe an IPA is kind of along those same lines of being big and bold and so when you get into the more you know technical sides of pairing certain things like actual chemical reactions we were talking about this before we started taping is that uh, bitterness in beer can make uh, spiciness more intense. And so those are things you might not know beforehand. But for me, a general rule of thumb is trying to walk along that line of balance where if I'm drinking something like a Pilsner, I might like pairing that with a cheese like Brie because Brie isn't super overwhelming. And when you have the two next to each other, one's not overpowering the other and you can still notice the flavor nuances between the two of them. And a lot of times they're in the same realm of flavor so certain cheeses might be a little sweet where certain beers might be a little sweet certain pilsners might be sweeter than others and so along the lines of what Tamara was saying you know you can't pair every single lager with one cheese you know if you get into a little bit more of the specifics and you go for a sweeter beer with a sweeter cheese that balance is there and the same flavor components are there that might bring out certain things that you didn't notice before and also, if you try something a little bit crazier, I like to, if I'm doing a cheese board, for instance, I like to have, you know, a lighter beer on the front end and then maybe a more bold beer like an IPA or a Northeast IPA or something like that, like I'm drinking right now from Helton. When I switch the two up, once again, I notice things that I didn't find in the cheese before, in the beer before. And I think those are the, some, of, some of the most exciting parts of pairing is it brings out components that you might not have recognized otherwise. Yeah. Cheese is a great place to start because there's so many flavors going on and it works so well with different kinds of beer. And some might be surprising. I, I had a friend who was drinking a sour and he really disliked sour and he tried a mild white cheese and it totally toned down the sourness. Really? And so it was something that helped him enjoy the beer even more. Yeah. Nice. So there's certain things you can do, like a, a cheese board's great because everybody enjoys, I mean, I hope that everybody enjoys cheese. <laughs> but also as the you know cheese who warms up. Oh. Terrorists. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but as, I was going to say the lactose saying, intolerant, but I guess. <laughs> <them> as well. <laughs> same thing. Same but thing. as cheese warms, so you have cheese that's cold, is going to have a different texture and flavor profile as warm cheese that's sitting out. And same with your beer. Your beer is mm -hmm. going to open up as you're tasting it. So, I mean, there are some styles of beer that open up completely with every single taste. So it's a fun thing for new people trying to pair stuff. Start with cheese and beer. That's a great place to start. So it's a good starting point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, to, to that point exactly, for me, when I'm doing a cheese board, I kind of like to go for a few different types of cheeses. And this is not me being some crazy cheese geek or whatever. I went to Fry's and noticed that they had kind of what looked to be the freshest cheese that was wrapped up individually. They had cut it there. I could kind of tell those things. And so I went, you know, here's a certain color. Here's a certain texture. This one's soft, and then this one's maybe aged in bourbon or something like that. That was an interesting thing I saw. So I kind of hit a diversity there, and then I like to have something funky too, like a Stilton, to kind of have, you know, once again, uh, a variety in there. And one of the most interesting things I realized, and this actually happened to Craft 64 as well, shout out to Craft 64, <laughs> is uh, 
when I started, you know, I got to the end of my cheese board and there was a lot of Stilton left and I had an IPA beer. And what I realized was when I would eat the Stilton with nothing else in there, I, you know, of course you get the funkiness at a certain point with that. And once I started hitting the funkiness that almost became, you know, relatively unpalatable, that's when I would throw a swig of IPA in my mouth and the funkiness would go away completely. But the creaminess and kind of the salty umami flavor of that Stilton was still there. And those are things I wasn't able to focus on before. And it kind of rekindled my love of funky cheeses a little bit more because it brought out stuff that I hadn't been aware that was there at that capacity. Yeah. He gets it, right? He's, yeah, he totally gets yeah. it. I mean, it's all about experimenting. You guys are making and, me blush. Oh. <laughs> it's really fun. Once you get it, it's, it's enjoyable. You Every single bite, different things that you do. So what are some common, like, because people always say, oh, dude, I'm going to have wings and beer, right? <laughs> Is that what you have on your headline of your list right over no, there? No, wings <laughs> and beer. I mean, that's an obvious one, right? Yeah. Jeez, um, I even put wrote notes because <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this. I mean, I know what I like to pair, but normally okay. you go into a place for beer and there's going to be fried foods. There's going to be things that are heavily savory. I mean, so you have your basics, you have your hops. Right? You have your IPAs. Well, there's different styles of IPA. You have juicy, sure. you have the one we're drinking. We ha- there's different kinds. And then the flavors that you taste, the florals or the citrus and the piney, like it's different. So you pair in different ways. So if you yeah. have something that's highly citrus, that has high citrus and it's really fruity, you probably want to pair it with something light and fresh, like a salad with a vinaigrette or something that paired that's bright, bright flavors, right? Okay. And then if it's like, really dark and like a woody style of hops like you want to do the same thing it's gonna it's not gonna be to contrast it's just to compliment sure yeah but anyway to get back to that question yeah. <laughs> i mean there's the basic things you have yeah. a stout you're probably gonna pair it with chocolate cake or a steak like red yeah. meat because it tastes great you have a pale ale you're that again with the fattiness um the brown ales one of my favorites something you pair with something that's buttery and nutty it's an easy way to go. Tastes okay. amazing. Yeah. Kind of along those time. lines, um, yeah. Mother Bunch has a pulled pork slider that incorporates mole into it. And I recently had that with one of the McBride's Irish Reds, which is very malt forward and it has kind of a hop crispiness. And then on the back end, you get kind of a real coffee flavor that's once again from those roasting techniques, the kilning techniques to get a certain type of malt. When I had that pulled pork sandwich with the McBride's Irish Red, it was another moment where... I finally realized what what everyone's talking about with those roasted meats and roasted malts pairing together. And it opened up new doors for me again where I kind of understood everything. And they have a same level of balance, right, where they have a roasted aspect to them that contributes a certain level to it that might not have been the meats that you've had typically. But it's not super big and bold dishes. You know, the pulled pork isn't crazy spicy or crazy salty or things like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you were talking about like an herbaceous type of flavor, instantly what popped into my head is when I, normally when I've cooked my steaks, I haven't added any herbs to them, but last time I cooked them, I put in some rosemary and kind of butter basted with the rosemary, and I had that with one of the shop's IPAs that has a lot of those herbaceous notes and plenty of their different IPAs, their juicy IPAs, and the way those two tied together was just incredible. And so if you can pick up on some of those little flavor profiles and those little more specific ends of things and have that as a through line through your food and beer paste tasting it's really something special yeah 
Absolutely. Layering flavors is a big thing. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm creating a meal and I'm trying to pair something with it is I'll, if I start with the beer or the spirit, I'll taste it first and I'll collect the different profiles that are going on. And then usually something's wanting. Usually something on my palate, I want to fill it in with something. And those are the flavors I go for. So, for instance, if I'm tasting a bourbon and it has, like, these deep caramel notes and tobacco-y and all this different stuff, I'm going to fill it in with things that are going to heighten those flavors. I don't want to cover them up. One of the worst things you can do is create a pairing and cover up the flavors of either the food or the beer or whatever you're drinking. Yeah. So I try to add in more flavors that just accentuate it, create more of experience and more on your palate. Okay. Gotcha. So if you do have a bourbon that has the caramely, <laughs> right? What, what would you, what would fill, what, what would accentuate that? Because I feel like at sometimes, like, it's like, oh man, these wings are really spicy. I'm going to have this, this frosted mug, yeah, light well, lager. There's so many ways to go. There's so many ways to go. Sometimes it's different kinds of fruit. So like mm. the peel on a green apple has different flavors that just work so well. Or then you bring in different kinds of seafood or even go back to the red meat or different kinds of mushrooms, and then it really comes down to the sauce and the different spices you use, you yeah. know. And so there's so many ways to do it. There's really no wrong way to do it, but do it terribly. That's yeah. wrong, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, everybody has a different palate, and what you taste isn't incorrect. Yeah. so That's important to know, too. Right? If you like it, and if you like like it, someone's like, uh, that shouldn't, that doesn't go together. Well, it does for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of it's science, like you, you definitely want to have certain acids in there, certain saltiness, sweetness, bitterness. Fat's a huge tasting profile that people don't realize, like tasting fat on your tongue, that's a lot of the body and the structure of something. What so do you th- mean by that? Like, so, because you told me that before we were talking about, was it potato chips, right? Yeah. Oh, so a potato chip, the flavor profile you're tasting is mostly the fat. Um, I mean, there's salt. That's the first thing you sure. taste on your tongue is salt, but without that fat it wouldn't even exist. Like, you wouldn't even be able to taste it. Uh So it's kind of like with beer. You have your caramel notes and your cocoa notes and whatever else, but that hangs on the bitterness. Without the bitterness, it would fall flat. You wouldn't be tasting everything to the intensity that you taste it. Interesting. So the same thing with food. It's that fat that really brings forward all the different flavors. Gotcha. I've always liked fatty foods, and now I know why. Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be really fatty, but something something that brings out those flavors is a pretty big deal. And so also being able to pair certain things. I think one of my favorite pairings that I've experienced, it was in New York at um, Mission Chinese. And there was this beer from Evil Twin, and it was super umami. So it tasted like ramen. And how they did it is they let the yeast sit for an extra long period of time. So it was like very much like Chinese food and then I had some Szechuan crusted like dry crusted chicken wings and they were only six and it took me six beers to get through all these chicken wings (laughs) why (laughs) well Szechuan peppers set your mouth like tingling crazy (laughs) but the flavor the flavor of the umami of the beer really really cleaned it up yeah so I could drink that in between and really settle down my mouth and it was really exciting and fun and it took yeah. six chicken wings. It took me so long to eat them, yeah. and I enjoyed it so much. Because you had six beers. Probably yeah. not for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was just cool. The, the way that they created this beer is very, very unique, and they did it specifically to pair to this. So, uh, nice. I mean, to create this experience that took a really long time to get through, because I feel like good food, you should really take your time with it and taste everything. 
Yeah. Not don't do like we do in the kitchen and shovel it down your face. Right. Like sit down. <laughs> yeah. Taste like taste your beer first. Always when you're when you're pairing, taste your beer. Take a bite of the food. Yeah. Taste them separately first, and then taste them together, and then you can understand for sure. What do you mean but, together? Because Luke explained that you explained that to me during the hell of a podcast. Like as far as the way he does, I'm like, dude, that sounds gross. But then I did, I'm like, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like when you say tasting it together, what? Well, having beer in your mouth, or just recently tasting the beer and then tasting the food and understanding the flavors together. So not having them separate. Them. Well, you should have it separate first. Sure. You understand what they taste like by themselves. Yeah. And then together to see if that's a good marriage of flavor. Like if yeah. it created something, if it complements, if it contrasts, maybe you need to add some more spice to your food. Yeah. Some of that <laughs> hot sauce. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're someone like me who basically normally when it comes to food pairings, it's what is available at any given moment. Yeah. Like how do you go about building that kind of a palate and awareness to really be able to sense and appreciate these different flavors and how they're going to go? Well, sometimes you have to go the negative route and go on a very big extreme and understand why you don't like Do something things. that goes really badly together really and try badly. and figure out what it is that just wrecked my mouth. Sometimes, sometimes that's important, just so you understand, because if you always have it good, you'll never understand why. Okay. So, sometimes you have to... So, d- a- any recommendations you have to, like, really wreck myself oh to get my myself God. started? Or, I don't know. <laughs> or like just was, go on my own and figure it out? I don't know if I was saying it during the, the podcast, but one of my customers recently had a piece of pie and paired it with a really bitter IPA, and it completely destroyed the experience. <laughs> they they hated both it. completely because of it. Actually, when I was a kid, so... I, I don't know why I remember this, but this is a big part of my life. I love um, Boston cream donuts. What are they called? Yeah. Um, Boston cream pies? The pies, but the don't Bismarck's. Bismarck oh, okay. donuts. Yeah. So the chocolate frosting, the vanilla cream in the middle. So I went and got this, and then I saw this pink juice, and it was grapefruit juice. And I'm like, oh, my God, that looks so good. I have never had grapefruit juice before. Yeah. So I tasted those together, and it was the worst experience of my <laughs> entire life. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still ruined by it. But that's it's the same concept. With certain beers, you just cannot pair them with certain things unless you heighten certain part aspects of it. So you can do sweet with IPAs, but you need to up the level of the spice or the brightness. So, for instance, like you can do more higher in the citrus or the spice, whatever, to make okay. it pair better. If it's just sweet and buttery and, you know, all the caramel and breadiness, it's going to be just terrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, you you didn't share a story with us earlier, but your laugh and when you were talking about the, what was it, the acid, all the, the, the popcorn. You got a story about that. You can share it if you want. You don't have to, but no, I know there's a... <laughs> well, I took a, a trip last year down to the south. And the area we were in, there wasn't a lot of breweries. We found one really good brewery, but there was a few others that really weren't that good. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I feel sorry for people down there. But <laughs> we found one place, and the beer we got, it was the only thing they had that was anything craft beer style, and the, it was just screaming off flavors. Oh, I mean, really? They jacked it up? Oh. Yeah. It was like popcorn-y flavor in an IPA kind of thing. And you it was like <laughs> So terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's the hardest part, so... The hardest part as a beer server, I think, is taking when someone tells you that there's off flavors, you have to taste it, and then you have to tell the brewer or somebody that there's uh, off flavors, and that's a hard message to send because it's sure. basically telling the brewers that they fucked up, even though most likely it was the time temperature control or unclean lines or some uh, other reason why the beer is bad. Yeah. But you basically have to spread that knowledge because you cannot contribute 
infected beer to people. Yeah. You just can't. And if somebody tells you there's something wrong, you have to mitigate it. It's the same thing if I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking something and somebody tells me it tastes stale or it tastes too salty or whatever. I have to taste it. Like, I should anyway. But yeah. I, I need to know what's wrong with it. That happens a lot in beer. It, that's why I always recommend if you're going to get beer, go to the source. I mean, you should try to get it anywhere if you can. But there's sometimes I've been to grocery stores and I've gotten cases of beer. My favorite styles of beer, everything. And it's nothing like I remember. Yeah. And there's so many things that are wrong. You just can't drink it. Well, well you look at some of the... Uh, no, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, like yeah. that, that message might not be something they like hearing when you're telling them that they done effed up. But at the same time, I'm sure they'd much rather hear that and get it off the line well, than have people just constantly... Asso- exactly. Yeah. And they don't want... After they've put all of their heart and all of their passion into doing this, they don't want people to associate popcorn, right. bu- buttered popcorn with their IPA. But I'm also, 100% sure. the last like, thing you yeah. needed on Yelp is someone saying their IPA tastes like popcorn. Exactly. It was so good. So it tastes like it's popcorn butter. <laughs> it's how do you spread the message. It's the same if somebody gets sick off food. So say yeah. somebody gets a fil- food illborn or a foodborne illness, mm-hmm. they have to tell you, you have to find, like you have to break down the lines of where that food came from. Yeah. All the, all the points, all the contact points to find out where that person got sick. So it's the same thing with beer. It's really yeah. important to trace it back. And it could be the handling. Yeah. Almost always it's the handling. But knowing those off flavor, flavors and you as a server, understanding that the customer is not incorrect. Sometimes maybe the customer just drank the wrong beer first. They started out sure. with something really hoppy and they killed their palate. And now they're drinking something like they take on the German beer and it just tastes really, really weird to them. And they don't understand why. And they think there's something wrong with the beer. And it's just it it wasn't the right guidance from the server. I was going to say that's a great opportunity for for the servers to. Yeah. To somehow. How would you address that as a server? Well, I wouldn't get that. If somebody starts out (laughs) with a certain beer, I would definitely describe to them what's going to happen afterwards. And that's. I mean, you should understand your flavor profiles. You should have a palate to understand those. And that yeah. also comes down to another thing we should discuss is how to describe things. Yeah. Like yeah. when somebody or- orders a beer and they ask for IPA, well, there's so many different styles of IPA. So you can't just be like, yeah, take whatever. I mean, the filtered, unfiltered, the super hazy, super hoppy, the sweeter ones that are just citric and floral. Like there's so many yeah. different kinds. So being able to describe that to somebody and then how to pair it and use your words and context behind it. Meaning what? Like, as the server, you're saying? As the or, server. Yeah. Well, well d- every beer is special, so describe why. Yeah. I mean, if you want to choose between two very closely related styles, you want to know why one's more important than the other or why yeah. they would like that more than the other. So you have to understand a lot of the background of the beer. I remember I came here one time, so um, my, my good friend Chris, his father-in-law, He's like, I drink Bud Light. He's like, that's all I drink. I drink Bud Light. I'm like, dude, I'm going to bring you to Helton. I'm going to get you the Pilsner. You're going to, you know. I was like, this is going to be the one, right? So we get here. He tries. He's like, nah. He's like, it's all right. He's like, it's good. I said, would you get another? He's like, no. So we're like, all right, let's get him in the lager. We got him the lager. He's like, eh. So um, Cece here comes up, and I said that he is just being a dick, and he's, you know, he drinks Bud Light, and she's like, well, what do you normally, like, what do you eat? Like, what do you drink? So she was great. She asked him, like, about flavor profiles, like, dessert. Do you like dessert? Do you like potato chips? And maybe these weren't the things she was using, but she was figuring out what flavors does he like, right? She's like, all right. She's like, I got something for you, and she brings it back, and it was in that glass that I would just drink out of. And not that particular one. I mean, it might have been the same one. Who knows? Yeah. But she brings it. I'm like, that's the boysenberry sour. And I knew it. And she's like, so this is a boysenberry sour. And I'm thinking, what? He drinks it. He's like, this is great. 
because she evaluated it based on what he liked, not like not trying to replace the, the beer that he likes like I was trying to do. She understood how to really ask him the questions to see what right. flavors he likes. So that and was so awesome. And so even though this isn't a big part of the Cicerone program, it's very important because, I mean, you're obviously you're taking this test to become a better beer server right. and to really get knowledge. Well, it's having the best hospitality for your guests. So, I mean, you need to do that for people. You have people that come in, and they might already know everything there is to know about beer. I mean, I'm sure half the people that come in act like they do anyway. Oh, for sure. But you yeah. have the people that are really intimidated, and maybe it's their first time really getting into beer. Maybe they're really brand new into beer, and they don't like the dark beers, and they don't like the hoppy beers, and... They really don't know what they like. You need to really give them a good guide. And Cicerone, that's what it means. It, it means a guide. A guide bringing people into something. I just looked this up, by the way. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's an antiquarian who can show and explain to foreigners about a specific interest. Yeah. So it's somebody that's really knowledgeable and can guide somebody through an experience. That's what a Cicerone is. So, okay. I mean, if you want to become this, you have to know how to do it. And being able to do a perfect pairing and describe it, use your descriptors. So when it comes down to descriptors, this is a very big deal in describing things. And I, I have a big problem with this when you can't. I mean, you shouldn't use the same word to describe everything. And awesome. when you're describing, like me, I would say awesome. I mean, Tammy, I do are you too. Saying this to me perfect, like specifically to well, me. Well, because you are awesome. <laughs> but I mean, there's certain things. So when you're describing food, you're not just describing flavors. Yeah. Even though you should. And when you describe flavors, you should use adjectives and verbiage. So, like, for instance, you shouldn't just say, "Well, this is fried chicken." You should be like, "Well, this chicken is fried in duck fat, and it's been. We've used this cornmeal, and we put these spices on it." And really, as, a, as really, a restaurant, like as a restaurant and server, really, or yes, yeah, to really describe it. And then same with beer, like the yeah. same thing. We should describe the notes, but it's also the mouthfeel and the body of the beer. Like that's a big part of it. The carbonation um, is it? Does it warm your mouth? Like, is there a high ABV? Does it is their spiciness in there or does it cool it off because it's like sessionable and clean and it's gonna like clear your palate um where it comes from so a big thing in beers terroir like the usually it's secondary ingredients that is they're added into the beer to create that and it creates earthiness or whatever there's a lot of breweries out here that will use beets or carrots or oyster mushrooms and different things to create different kind of contextual text um towards into your beer and so interesting yeah. you, you need to understand that and how to pair that and that's a whole nother level um level of stuff the colors you feel like colors their actual taste like certain things will make you see it's kind of like, like blue like the take it blue. no take it back to ah. ratatouille with, <laughs> ratatouille with the rat when he's yeah. tasting that cheese and he sees these explosions of colors and lights all over like that can happen ah. too when you're tasting stuff so interesting um there's so many levels um from tasting like and then the story of the source how was it created who was behind it um how much work went into this were these hops grown locally like there's a farm out here that grows hops yeah mm -hmm. i mean you can get malt here now in arizona like there's crazy stories behind it it's all important in describing stuff and same with the food most of my ingredients come from local farmers and i use those and i want people to know that i use those and there's a reason behind it it's not just because yeah. they're local it's because like it's they're nutrient dense and it's the best flavor you can possibly get so yeah. I mean, when you're describing something, you can really, really get deep into it. Also, people don't want to hear a 30-minute discussion about a flavor profile, so you have to really describe it in a couple sentences. But that's, I mean, part of the job that you're taking on. So Having to convey, like, pages yes. of information in a couple of sentences. I really suggest getting a thesaurus and, like, going through it and learning words. Like, yeah. 
get a notebook. I did this as a kid, and I was really—I was a poet when I was a kid. Were you and really? I was, yeah, and you I was really interested, and in, not as much. You should ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was really interested in words, so I would take a notebook and I would take all my favorite words out and know have their meanings, and I would try to use them as much as possible. Well, you should do that when describing stuff. Like, take these really interesting words, throw them in there, but also they need to be familiar words. Because if you use like crazy ones, they have to look up. That's not gonna. That's gonna make them feel stupid, and yeah. they're not gonna enjoy. It. Or you're gonna look pretentious, which is sure. even worse. Yeah. So yeah. familiar words and things that cause people to salivate. Like if anything, like talk about stuff that makes you hungry, like or thirsty, or makes you like you have to have it. And I think yeah. the best quality in a server is being able to upsell something. So if you can get somebody to buy all that, like that egg to put on top of the burger, or that yeah. foie gras to put on something, like. Really, really know how to describe stuff in a way that people can't resist. Yeah. So. Well, Luke has a great descriptor for the fried egg. He's like, it's like, na- like an egg yolk is like nature's cheese whiz. Oh, my gosh. Like, nature's right. Cheese whiz. I never. Yeah. So now anytime I have a fried egg on something, because normally I'm all about like fucking pile cheese on this shit. I love it. Right. right. But it's, you know, I'm, I could you I could cut some calories. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Um, so now anytime I have anything with a fried egg on them i'm like i don't need cheese because i've got nature's cheese whiz on here yeah (laughs) it's just so great but being able to teach people because maybe they've never had it that way so you can't just be like hey you want this on there no it's described to them why like tell them why you do that every time whether you do or don't and do your research that's another thing like don't just think you can obtain knowledge and be lazy like you have to do research get out there and learn about stuff talk to people go to breweries eat food um smell everything i i have a guy that works for me, he's going to school to be, or he's taking the test to become a sommelier. And he t- he comes in the kitchen and he smells everything, like his faces and everything. I have something I just <laughs> foraged and he's like smelling it, smelling it. Because he's trying to build up, it's not just your palate, but your sensory too. So picking yeah. up the esters and the phenol and stuff, you really, really need to build up your nose too on top of your palate. Because that's yeah. a big part in drinking beer. Sure. Sweat. Another reason why yep. you want the head on your beer and everything. You want to... Yeah smell those esters it's a big part of it i mean that's the first thing that goes in kind of like when a dish comes out the first thing you see is the dish and you're eating it with your eyes the same thing with the beer you're smelling it first yeah so and then it comes down to how do you teach your customers how to smell something yeah. and taste things properly because that that's, is, a that's a whole that's a tough too. task yeah like to, to yeah. get the full experience you kind of need to know how to even taste it so. right you could you could have your service say, like i don't really like this do you even know how to taste Sir, <laughs> Sir, I don't think you do. <laughs> I mean, you could you could go that route. You could, yeah. That's or, one you, or you could do it in a way that makes them feel really special because uh-huh. you're taking the time to show them. And you're like, hey, if you really, really want to enjoy this experience without belittling them sure, or degrading yeah. them, just be like, hey, man, when you, when you taste something or when you smell something, you open your mouth slightly. And that, yeah. like, you can take in the full essence of everything. And well, and like you said, though, like the, so much of it is about this idea of experience. And so, like as the server, you're part of that experience. Absolutely. Like for Brandon and I, our family, like everything we do is always around food. And it is one of those things where there are, you know, when you eat food, when you're having a certain drink, when you're doing these things, it does. It just sort of triggers the memory. Like you're back at that spot. Absolutely. Like there are some me- fo- foods that I'll eat. It's just like I'm back at the kids' table again, and. Even if the food pairing and the drink pairing is delicious, but the server is just a colossal ass, like that still, like that mental aspect of it is going to affect how you enjoy your meal, how you enjoy the drink. And so you've got to 
keep it all tied together. You and do. like you it's said, like making good, them feel special. Feel special. A good bartender knows how to do that. A good yep. bartender knows how to make regulars, people that will yeah. come back there because they feel special. And it's something that my partner, Sean, was talking to me about. You have your regulars. You should show them attention. But it's that lonely person sitting at the end of the bar that you should probably send your attention to because maybe they want a little bit of that knowledge too. like open yourself up as a server. Talk to them about this kind of stuff. It definitely is really, really important. Um, I was going to go on another tangent, but I don't remember what it was. Look in your notes, Tammy. It's in there. It's in there. But no, that's that's a really good point um, because, like you said, it's, they're, they're a huge part of that, that experience. But even just something as, as simple as, oh, have you had this beer before? Or do you normally go for New England-style IPAs? Like Knowing who your customer yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You yeah. should, the first thing you should do on introduction is learning who your customer is because no two people are the same. You have the home brewer that, you know, they're getting into it and they want to know more of the geekier side of stuff. Yeah. Then you have that person who's like, they maybe only like a couple kinds of craft beer because they haven't been exposed to good stuff. Yeah. You know, there's so many different kinds. And also, if you're that kind of server that can make that person forget about their date, you're doing a great job. Like, really yeah. be infatuating in the way that you speak. Like, really don't take all their time, but create an experience, a show, you know, for these people. And bring out the food and the beer, and it should speak for itself at that point. And that's why you got to go to uh, <laughs> the northeast corner of Rural and Warner. In yes, Tempe, that's the correct. cotton and copper, <laughs> cotton and copper. <laughs> yes. Well, so um, the books you showed me too; those were great resources. That the, yes. what were the two books that you showed yes, me? Yes. So I brought two books with me today. One is the Flavor Matrix. So this uses a uses a flavor wheel. So you take a specific flavor, and then around it are descriptives. So um, I'm going to open it up. So I'm giving correct information right now. There was one that we figured out that a good pairing, as weird as it sounds, would be an olive with chocolate. Yeah, right. right? Some weird yeah. stuff. But So this isn't a cure-all. Sure. So when you use it, kind of just you can create your own pairings. But for, for instance, so I have honey right here. And around it are different flavor profiles like tropical, herbaceous, earthy. Meaning um, that's, if that's what you want to go if for. If that's the direction you want to go yeah. for. And then certain ingredients that you can pair with it and the balance of like how intense is that pairing going to be? How well is it going to pair with it? And it's good to understand. It's like a really, really great resource if you're trying to learn how to pair things. Yeah. So I recommend that book. And also I have a book called Food and Beer. And so this comes from a Michelin star brewery in New York. Which is crazy. That's it's crazy. Yeah. But the way that they brew, like the way they pair is very intense so they go on every level it's nordic style food um it's called i don't know if i'm saying this correctly <laughs> but no one here will be able to call you on it <laughs> torst and luxus sounds great to uh, me yeah that must be it but <laughs> look up the it's book very food interesting. And beer. it's very interesting so they describe some things so i took some notes from that book so pairing concepts there's certain flavors you're going to taste i don't know how much time i'm taking here but you are taking all the time that you need so there's different flavors (laughs) that you pull from beer it's really important so a big one's bitter so the bitter comes from hops you're going to pair that with a spicier bright food so in this book they'll have recipes on how to pair it's really cool there's sweet beers so you get that from malt so usually you pair that with desserts or really rich foods right something or maybe something earthy so you have both sour and tart these are not the same thing. So tart is really, really sharp. So it's a sharp beer, and then you have your sour beers. They kind of round off at the end. So with the sour that comes from wild yeast, you're going to pair that with something really clean. 
and maybe some mild cheeses, but clean, fresh vegetables usually work well. With the tart, it comes from the lactic acid, and you're going to pair that with cured meats, so more of a charcuterie and the umami mm, aspect. Okay. So a little bit different because of that sharpness. Um, your funky beers, that comes from yeast. Um, stay with the funky. Go with the pickles, your aged meats, sometimes seafood. Keep mm. that fun. Um, earthy. Earthy comes usually from the terroir, so that's from your secondary sources, so things you add in. That adds a earthy aspect. Um, Saisons, farmhouse ales, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're spicy. That comes from the yeast and the high ABV. So fried foods, um, fatty meats, things that are extra spicy. Your fruity beers, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that comes from the hops and secondary fruits. Um, so, I mean, fruits and cheeses, easy pairing right there. You can't yeah. go wrong. Um, and then, like, the biggest thing is, in the book, they talk about tasty beers. So beers that are just delicious. These are beers that they take all these different styles, but maybe they incorporate a couple different kinds, but it's just a perfect beer. You don't necessarily want to overwhelm that with adding anything to it. So you would balance that with something equally rich, like just keep going down that rich line and big flavors and just keep that going. Like when you so when you say that, I thought of like a like a vanilla milkshake or like a, a oh, milkshake yeah. um, IPA, absolutely. Right? Where you have like a piece of cake with that, like a piece of yeah. But even so, like when I'm thinking of that, you you can go sweet, really sweet, or you can go like really salty, really salty oh, and fatty because that's going to contrast it in a way that doesn't yeah. necessarily if you don't forget those flavors, but you're tasting both at the same time yeah. and enjoying them in different places in your mouth because you taste in different places in your mouth. So. I mean, it's really, un- it's really cool to understand all this, so I recommend that book just because it goes through all this stuff and you can really, really nerd out on it and follow some of the recipes and maybe impress your friends and, yeah. or just get an organic knowledge on how it works. It's yeah. all science. Which is, once again, like before, when we were talking about the, the beer styles, right? The best way to figure it out is to drink the beer. Yeah, you have so to drink the beer. we need to drink the beer and eat the because, food. Because, like I said right? before, I mean, you can have two beers of the same style. They're not going to taste the same. Yeah. There's different components that go into it. The brewers are going to brew differently. Like, yeah. just their hands, t- like the wild yeast they're around and, and the different things that they put in there and how long they let that yeast sit and the hops they use. I mean, they're going to be completely different. Yeah. So. It's a tough know. job. Somebody has it's to a do tough it, right? Job, eat, eat I'll some drink all the food. beers. Yeah, something. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, You're Tim, a brave woman. Was there anything else that we that we didn't cover? Is there anything else that you wanted to add to this? Because this is awesome. This is. I feel like I went on a lot of different tangents. But no, you want. R- I mean, my, my main tangents. point yeah. is again, I'm going to address it. It's hospitality. Yeah. I mean. You have customers that come into your place. They want suggestions. I've been to many places where I'm like, well, what kind of beer do you have? Do you have any craft beer? And can you describe it to me? And they can't. They don't even understand what it is. And it's yeah. very disappointing because I want that. I love beer and I want to have a good experience. So having that will level it up for everybody. They'll remember you. They're going to come back in and ask to sit with you. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to want to learn more just because. I mean, you're passionate about it. It's going to show. And it's a big part of why you're taking this the Cicerone program anyway is because you want to be a better server and you want to understand it better and you want to move up in that. And it also, I mean, you have to learn the context. You have to do your research. You have to go to breweries. You have to go to restaurants. You have to taste different beer. And that's the fun part of it. So nobody's complaining. No. (laughs) But do a better job. Like, really care about your customers. Create that experience. Don't be pretentious when you're talking to them. Don't act like you know everything. If they ask a stupid question, don't make them feel stupid. Like, add to it. Um... Flatter them a little bit. 
teach them. Because yeah. that's another thing. Maybe people are intimidated and they don't want to get into craft beer because it's like all these craft beer nerds are being assholes to me because <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Because I just told them I don't like dark beer. Like, yeah. It's not dark beer. Dark that's beer. a Munich lager. I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they never had an oatmeal stout before, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. really, really learn about them. It's, it's fun and it'll keep your job interesting forever. So that's what I got. Peace out. Boom. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> and go to uh, Cotton and Copper. Not you, because you go there all the time, Tammy, but uh, <laughs> everybody else, as you're listening, go there. Great beer selection, amazing cocktails, and, of course, the food is second to none. So, Tammy, always awesome seeing you. Always awesome having you on the mic. We're going to get you on the mic more. So much fun. So, awesome. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Tamara, for all of that information. I tell you what, after this discussion, Cotton and Copper went way up on my list for restaurants that I am going to go check out. I am a total failure for not having been there yet, uh, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm going to get there because her understanding of flavors is next level. So don't forget to like, share, follow, tap that AZ, as well as Inkledu, I-N-K-L-E-D-E-U-X, and join us for our last episode, the conclusion of this journey, and hear how we all did on our tests. So with that, we'll say adieu. Y cuando se va de casa, triste me pongo.